Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. Morning, Cedar Valley. This is our post-Christmas, pre-New Year. Recovery time, <laughs> nap Sunday. Yeah, snooze it off a bit maybe. Probably actually joining <laughs> on this later in the week. That's fine. Yep. That's, that's the fifth advent kind of thing going on. This is our post-Christmas reflection time. But my name is Grant, one of the pastors here at Cedar Valley Church. And I am Pastor Rob. I'm also one of the pastors here at Cedar Valley Church. Yeah. Cray cray. We're gonna get the service started for you this morning. Uh, if this is one of your first times here, a special welcome to you. We're really excited that you've chosen the end of the year to pick up joining with us, but it is fantastic because with this online church, actually we're on demand. So you can follow back all the way to March, all of our online services, catch yourself up. Uh, but we're glad you're here. We'd love to get to know you better. Uh, you can send us an email, hello at cedarvalley.ca or drop a comment here. Uh, really whatever it is, we love to just break down a little bit of that. Just it's not digital commenting and just get to know who you are and let you know who we are. Yeah, and you can follow us and stay informed on any of our platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or sign up, actually, if you want to stay like really informed, sign up for our weekly newsletter, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for everybody listening right now, we want to just take a moment to thank all of you for your massively charitable, generous support for our church. And I'm not talking just financially, which has been very charitable, generous. We yes, have- Miraculous, very cool. Yeah, for a crazy year, despite mm -hmm. everything that's been going on, like we are thriving as a church community, as an organization, our ways of reaching out to the community. And we're also just constantly uplifted by your comments, by your encouragement, everything that's just saying stuff on our threads. It's, it's like, so true, yeah. right? Someone might say, hey, that was a great service. Love the worship. Yeah. Or even your, your responses online or in person uh, or by phone or via email. Love your posts on Instagram and that are then... Uh, I moved forward to Facebook kind of thing, right? Totally, yeah. That, and that's, you find them on our newsletter too. They're All on our newsletter. And they, they keep us going, really. Like, it's, yeah. it's good stuff. We know we're doing yeah. this for you. This is a service, but letting us know how you're engaging with the com content, how you are being blessed by it, the kind of stuff you're able to share and grow with. And those stories are huge. So yeah. thanks for that. We all need encouragement. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, let's start this morning off with time of prayer. Too. Can I do that? Absolutely. Oh, I'd love to yeah. do that. Father God, indeed, uh, we, uh, <laughs> we've ridden this tidal wave for a time now, nine months, and uh, we have always oh, been anxious, we've been tired, we've struggled, and yet we would also admit that it has been a season that has uh, caused us to sort of think about what's really important in our lives. Mm. And for many of us, including me, it's been a season where I've actually talked to you more and listened to you more in the Word than maybe I would have this year without uh, COVID as it has been. So as we head into this service and into a new year, I pray that uh, from our teaching time that we would take some time and maybe a soft spot in the calendar or a day this week uh, to, to, to reflect, to to think about uh, how, how we're thankful, being honest though too about how it's been really difficult, and then maybe saying, uh, I, I'm gonna trust you afresh, Father God, uh, into 2021. So Father, we pray that you would uh, help us through uh, our, our, the remainder of our year and that you would uh, guide us into getting to know you really well and deeply, even in our service this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Rob. Uh, let's get this service started. We're going to start off. We have off. a guest speaker, right? We do have a guest speaker. First, we're going to hit up a time of worship. We're going to have right. some singing. There's going to be lyrics on the screen uh, just to lead you at home in some worship reflection. Uh, and after that, a guest speaker. Guest speaker's coming. Right. Yeah. We also have a lesson for the kids specifically, too. Pastor Doug is going to be bringing us a lesson just for you, so stick around for that. And guest speaker, Dr. Steve Brown. Yes. From he is the president of Arrow Leadership. I'll introduce him a little later, a little yeah. personally, because he's a, a good man and a friend of mine. Yeah, we're excited for it. It's mm, going to be a good morning. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. Yeah. At, but before we head into all that, if you're yeah. watching live on Head over to Facebook, YouTube, the comment section there. Uh, we mentioned just a little bit before, but uh, this Sunday of the year is kind of affectionately known as, I've heard it from you for the first well, time, 
nap Sunday. Sure, so it's the Sunday between Christmas and New Year. What do you do with that? People are tired. And this is actually a book that Pastor Doug passed on to me to read about a pastor in Hamilton where their church actually invites the congregation to come and nap in the church. They, they bring pillows, they bring uh, comforters, they bring all this crazy, it's, I love this idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is. Oh man, yeah. you need comfier pews. Yeah. Those chairs. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Should we do it? Oh, maybe get some blankets. <laughs> well, but you know, here's a question for you. You can hop onto the comment section. Uh, are you a napper? Like, do you do the catnap thing? Are you efficient? You can head down for head down for 50 minutes, or do you just do like big midday slumbers, or none of that at all? I so when I nap, I have a hard time getting to sleep. Sometimes at the end of the day, hmm. you know what I've heard is a really good hack though is have a little bit of caffeine <laughs> before you go down for a nap, and then like nap for 20 minutes, and then make sure you force yourself awake, and then boom. You're good right. To go. What do you right. think? That that sounds like a good idea. I've I've never been an intentional napper. It hits me by surprise, and then I've lost an hour of my day. <laughs> but it does get there sometimes. I was just way too tired. Sure. Awesome. Let us know, Cedar Valley. We're in for a great morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Cedar Valley.
Hey Cedar Valley kids, it is great to be with you again today. Now, have you ever had a day that maybe started off really good, but then turned out into the end of the day that it kind of turned out bad? Well, we're going to hear a story that is kind of like that. This one is from Saddleback Kids. We've seen some of these before and you watch and there's a great lesson how, about how God is with us no matter what happens. All right. The story of Christmas, Jesus and the wise men. This is Jesus. Jesus is the son of God who would grow up to do amazing things. His parents on earth were Mary Hi. and Joseph. Hello. Jesus was born in a barn because there was no room for him anywhere else in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was part of Judea, an area that was ruled by a king named Herod. King Herod was in Jerusalem when some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Excuse me. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. When Herod heard that there was another king born in Judea, he was very upset. As was everyone else in Jerusalem. Yeah, not you. So Herod called all the important priests and Jews together and asked them where this king was supposed to be born. The Jews knew that their king would eventually come and was always told to them that the king of the Jews, the savior of the world, would be born in Bethlehem. So they told that to King Herod. Then King Herod thought of a way to trick the wise men. Aha. So he called a private meeting with them and learned from them when the king of the Jews' star first appeared. Oh God! And then King Herod told the wise men, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Eh, okay. Hey, on your way. But secretly, Herod wanted to know where the king of the Jews was so he could get rid of him. So the wise men went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where Jesus was, and the wise men were filled with joy. Woohoo! They went into the house and saw Mary and Jesus. Hello! Oh, look! Wow! And they bowed down and worshipped Jesus. Wait! They gave him special gifts fit for the king that he was, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then God warned them in a dream to not go home through Jerusalem, where King Herod was, but God told them to go home a different way. So they did. And then an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up! The angel told Joseph to go to Egypt with Mary and Jesus because Herod was looking to kill Jesus. That very night, Joseph left for Egypt with Jesus and Mary. They stayed in Egypt until Herod was gone and it was safe for them to go home to Israel. <laughs> when they returned, an angel warned them about the new ruler of Judea, who was Herod's son. This way. So Joseph and his family went to the region of Galilee and found their new home in the town of Nazareth. Look good? Yep. We'll take it where Jesus would grow up and eventually do all the amazing things God had planned for him to do. Boy, wasn't that something? That even though Herod was crazy and wanted to hurt Jesus, God still protected him. And he is with us every day too. And you know what? In the book of Matthew chapter 2, in verse 23, it says, these things happened, just what the prophets had said would happen. He would be called a Nazarene. That means he would go back to that village and grow up there because that's what the plans that God had for him. And God has some great plans for you too. So even if a day doesn't go very good, just trust in God because he has good plans for you. All right, see you next week. As we mentioned in the welcome, we have a guest speaker this morning. 
Dr. Steve Brown is president of Aero Leadership, a really cool organization that exists to train Christian leaders. Like myself, I'm a grad of the program, but their training is focused in this way to have its graduates be led more by Jesus, lead more like Jesus, to lead more to Jesus. Dr. Brown is the author of Leading Me, Eight Key Practices for a Christian Leader's Most Important Assignment, Great Questions for Leading Well, and if he has a doctorate in anything, it's probably that. He has great, thoughtful, warm questions for you when you sit with him. And a free monthly resource if you're interested in going further today at www.sharpeningleaders.com, which we might have down below. He is a leader of leaders. Dr. Brown would insist that you call him Steve. He is husband to Lee and dad to three teenagers, hence the gray hair that you will see shortly. His teenage children are Luke, Ainsley, and Lauren. I am super excited for you to meet him, like the friend that you really enjoy, that you just want your other friends to meet and to be taught by him today, by this down-to-earth, world-class leader who I have the privilege of calling my friend, Dr. Steve Brown. Enjoy and engage. It's great to be with you, Cedar Valley, and I'm so thankful to partner with Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob went through our Aero Leadership Program, and I so loved his heart for the church and for uh, the church making a difference in our world, and glad he's serving with you at this time, and uh, just a joy to partner together. Uh, this message is going to take a look back at uh, this crazy year that's been 2020 and give us some tools to reflect well on it. So I'm excited to get going, so let's get started. Well, we're on the other side of Christmas, and if Christmas is hard for you, and I know for a lot of people Christmas has been particularly hard this year, you're on the other side of it. You've made it through. You can take a deep breath. You're, you're done. You're on the other side. If Christmas is something that you're a fanatic about and you, you're going to keep your Christmas tree up until July sometime, you already know as you count down there's 360 some odd days left until we get to do it again. Wherever Christmas has been for you, this year has been an unprecedented, challenging year. It's felt like a decade. And I don't know if you remember back to January and some of the things that were going on in the world. We are praying for the end of the bushfires in Australia. A little bit later in the year, we began to pray for the end of the, the wildfires in the American West Coast. Um, January was the concern about World War III unfolding in the Middle East with Iran the Ukrainian passenger jet that was taken out of the sky. There was Brexit, well, mostly uh, Brexit is still kind of happening. There was an impeachment trial and a long, long, long election cycle. There were videos on cell phones that made headlines that reminded us again and again of brutality and racism and injustice and the reality, the fact that there's so much more that needs to be done not only in the systems of society, but also in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls. There was the explosion in Beirut, and there's so many other tragedies and challenges that unfolded. And then there's COVID, COVID, and COVID. Um, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that we'd be so kind of overwhelmed and focused on hand sanitizer, that, that handshakes would be replaced with masks um, that uh, all those uh, people that said, I'm never going to homeschool my kids, ended up becoming homeschool teachers. Uh, who would have thought that there'd be a run on toilet paper at the grocery store, that the Summer Olympics that were going to happen no matter what didn't end up happening, that Zoom would become something that's just everyone knows what Zoom is and Zoom fatigue. And I think the phrase of the year is going to be, you're on mute because so many of us have gotten kind of caught on mute during those Zoom calls one after another. There have been inconveniences, there have been hardships, 
And there have been devastating losses for thousands and thousands of people this year. In the midst of all of that, there has been courage, there has been beautiful sacrifice, and there has been creative innovation in the midst of all the loss and all the devastation. The verse of the year, if there was to be a verse this year, I think would come out of James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 13 says this, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we'll go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, verse 15, James 4 says, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. For my own family, this verse became very true in a very hard way. We started this year journeying through the medical system and my wife, Lee, being diagnosed with breast cancer. That led to, in the midst of COVID, a mastectomy and three months of chemotherapy and 25 radiation treatments over the course of the year. And I am so thankful for God's faithfulness, God's presence with us, God's goodness to us in the midst of all that, the prayer and kindnesses of so many people. But this was something that was totally not on our radar that impacts one out of every eight women. And it was a grind for us. So this year, 2020, as we stand at the gate of 2021, I think a lot of us are ready to kind of rush through the gate to a new year and say, good riddance, 2020. But before we rush through that gate at the year, we need to take a few moments and look back and reflect. Reflection is a critical practice. We learn when we reflect. We see mistakes we've made, things we can do different, new priorities that emerge. We can identify business that's been unfinished and deal with it so we can actually move forward into a new year with freedom. Reflection isn't easy, but it's really important. And if there's any year where we need to do some reflection, it's 2020. So in this message, we're gonna create some space and give you some homework if you're up for it to reflect in the message a little bit on what 2020 has been in some key areas and then there's some homework if you're up for it. And that is to take an hour and invest in a reflection experience on this year. You can do it on your own. You can do it with your spouse or with your family or with your team or a small group. And there's a tool, a guide that you can download. Uh, your church is providing access to this tool, uh, the guided reflection. And you can also find it at sharpeningleaders.com and you can download it for free. As we start this journey of reflection, I'm gonna walk through three areas of reflection that are grounded in themes from the Psalms. You're gonna have some space to reflect as we go. So let's get started. The first reflection area is lament. Lament is a heart cry of frustration and sorrow and grief. Laments are raw and real prayers. They lay out pain and our troubled look at the brokenness within us and the brokenness in our world. There's a book in the Old Testament called Lamentations and it's full of laments, this crying out, this grieving. Jesus lamented and he quoted a lament uh, from the Psalms when he was on the cross. The Psalms have 150 different Psalms. Over a third of those are Psalms of lament people crying out individually or as a people. David and the others who wrote the Psalms didn't hold back their true feelings from God. They knew that God already knew their feelings and they wanted to share those feelings with God rather than have them bubble up and separate them from God. They knew that by sharing their heart cries and their grief with God, they draw closer to God rather than farther away from God. So we're gonna first take a look at Psalm 13. It's a psalm of lament, and there are three different parts to this psalm and the psalm of lament. In the first two verses, and let me read them to you in case they are part of your lament as you reflect on 2020. The first two verses are a cry out to God. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Have you cried out this year, how long, O Lord? That's part of a lament. And it's the first two verses of Psalm 13. That's that crying out, being real and raw with God. The next two verses, verses three and four, are a request for God's help. So let me read them to you. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. This asking God for help is the second part of a lament. And the third part is returning to a trust in God, even though not everything has been resolved. So verses five and six, but I trust in your unfailing love. In other words, even though God, I'm wondering how long this is gonna go on for, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Those are the three acts in a sense of a psalm of lament. This crying out to God, asking God for help, and then declaring who God is again and our trust in him. In this year of unyielding chaos and challenge and change and hardship, I know hard decisions have been made, loneliness has been endured, and there've been many, many losses. Nobody likes to lament or to, to cry out really, but lamenting is a biblical invitation. To cry out with God and to God is a biblical, healthy, healthy and needed outlet, especially in a year like this one. So let me share with you a couple of reflection questions that might help you lament. The first one is this, what's been hard in 2020? And I bet you can come up with a number of things right off the top, but what's been hard for you in 2020? Begin to make a mental list or be, jot these things down and you might find that the list goes deeper and farther than at the conscious level you even start with. What's been disappointing or a struggle? And I'm sure there's been lots of different disappointments and struggles. Who or what has been lost or broken? or at least seems lost or broken. You can take your reflections and write your own Psalm of Lament following the pattern in Psalm 13. The heart cry to God being raw and real, asking for God's help, and then declaring who God is and affirming your trust in Him. You can also just follow along some prompts that are in the reflection guide. Some prompts like these, Lord, these are some of the things that have been hard this year. And then fill in the blank. What has been hard this year? Let the Lord know, talk about it with the Lord. Then the second phase is, Lord, I need your help. Would you help? And then fill in how you need the Lord's help. And then the third piece is, Lord, I choose to trust you regardless. I declare that you are, and then fill in the blank of God's character and the truth about who he is. When we lament, we're being real about the present, but we're also reminded that we have a role in the here and now to build God's kingdom right around us, to be reconcilers and to be restorers. And we also know as, as we lament that the end of the story, God ends the need to lament. Revelation 21.4, the last days, we know that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall be, there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. That's the perspective we need to keep in mind in the here and now. Well, the second area I wanna focus on is thankfulness. Even in hard years, there are blessings, uh, areas where we can be thankful for, special surprises and concrete ways where we have been blessed, where God's goodness and provision has impacted our lives or our family or our business in some way. 
Thankfulness stops us from taking things for granted. It's an end to entitlement where we think we're owed certain things or we deserve certain things just because. Thankfulness changes our heart and our perspective. And in the whir of life, we need to pause and reflect and ultimately thank God for big blessings and small blessings and celebrate His goodness in our lives and in our world. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says that we're to be, give thanks in all circumstances, even COVID. To give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because it's God's will for you, the scripture says. It's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Psalms also call God's people to thanksgiving. There is a whole genre of Psalms called the Psalms of Thanksgiving. Psalm 105 verses 1 and 2 give us a little bit of a picture of what a psalm of thanksgiving is all about. Let me read it for you. Psalm 105, verse 1 and 2. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim His name. Make known among the nations what He has done. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell of all His wonderful acts. So let me ask you a few questions to help you remember and be thankful in reflecting on 2020 in the midst of all the difficulties we've had. So the first reflection question around thankfulness is, can you make a list of at least 10 things that you're thankful for? They might be big ticket items. They might be little small acts of kindness that you've received. They might be connected to relationships or milestones or growth or learnings or blessings you've received. Make a list. What are you thankful for? When you look back at 2020, head toward 10 at least. And it's like a snowball rolling down the hill once you get started because you begin to think of more and more things that you can be thankful for. Another question for you, how have you seen God at work? How has he protected? How has he provided? How has he answered? How has he helped in this year? Reflect on that question. And again, make a list of how you've seen God at work. You can take a go at writing your own Psalm of Thanksgiving, just sharing, God, I'm just so thankful for these things and fill in the blank. You can uh, write or say a prayer and here are some prompts. Lord, I wanna praise and thank you for who you are and what you've done. And then here are the two prompts. God, I am thankful that you have, and then fill in the blank with your list of things you're thankful for. The second part is, God, I'm thankful you are. And then declare who God is with a thankful heart. So it's what God has done, how he's provided, and also who he is. After a year of negatives, you might think, well, I've got, you know, not much to be thankful for. So let me point you back to Christmas for a minute. Not the event from a few days ago, but from the person behind the event a few days ago to Emmanuel, to God with us. Jesus coming into the mess of and the brokenness of this world and our lives. That entrance changed everything. If you take a look at just Ephesians chapter one, you begin to get a sense of all the things that we can be grateful for as followers of Jesus. In just this one chapter, your heart has no option except to grow in thankfulness toward God. In Ephesians chapter one, let me list for you just some of the things that Jesus' entrance into this world means for you as you follow him. It means that you've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. You've been chosen before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. You are loved and have been predestined to be adopted as God's child. You're redeemed by his blood and you're forgiven your sins. You're included in Christ. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit and given an inheritance. That's just from a few verses in Ephesians chapter 1. I don't know what you got under the Christmas tree this year, but whatever it was, doesn't hold a candle to what Christ has done for you. Pastor Tim Keller says that if you're a Christ follower, you are a spiritual billionaire because of what God has done through Christ in the past, because of God's presence with us in the present, 
and because of God's promises to us for the future. We're spiritual billionaires. I'm not sure what your bank account reads at your financial institution, but if you're a Christ follower, your spiritual bank account says you are a billionaire. There's not much you can add to that number, and you're going to have a really hard time squandering that as well. So, there's lots to be thankful for in terms of what God has done, what Christmas really means. Let's move on to this third and final area of reflection. It's about entrusting. So let me ask you a couple of questions related to entrusting. As you stand at the gate of 2021, what are the burdens that you're beginning to carry into a new year? As you stand at the gate of a new year, are there emotional or relational burdens that you're carrying with you? Maybe there are financial burdens. Maybe there are physical burdens. What are those things that are burdens that you're carrying right now? Again, take a moment to make a list. And you can do this if you take on the one hour homework assignment. But what are some of those burdens? Are there some people or situations or circumstances or unfinished business? Are there habits or uncertainties that are weighing on you? All of us have these things. Some of us know them at a conscious level. Some of us actually need to probe a bit deeper because they are there. And taking the weight of these burdens unconsciously or consciously into the new year will not only impact your sleep at night, it'll impact your peace during the day. You don't have the strength to carry the weight of these burdens. You can't control the outcomes related to these burdens. So whether you have hopes and dreams or fears and worries, we're called to entrust all to God. And the end result of entrusting all to God is a deeper peace, a greater freedom, and a deeper connection with God. You can choose to entrust everything to, to God because He's able to carry those burdens. And let us turn to the Psalms for a couple of verses to remind us that God can carry these things and he's trustworthy. Psalm 55 verse 22. Cast your cares in the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Psalm 20 verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're not going to trust in something else, ourselves or someone else. We're going to trust in God because he's trustworthy. Psalm 56, verse 3, David writes this, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Do you notice that David didn't say, if I'm afraid? He said, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I remember a, a day in February this past year. It was the day that Lee and I were to go to the hospital to get her biop biopsy results back to know whether or not she had cancer. I woke up that day and I felt the burden uh, weighing down on me because this was going to be a life-changing day for us. And with that weight on me, I knew I couldn't carry it by myself. So I wrote a prayer because the weight and the pressure was too much for me. And my prayer was to entrust whatever we learned that day to God. And I want to share this prayer with you. Here's the prayer I wrote that day before we went to the hospital. Heavenly Father, whatever we learn today, it doesn't catch you off guard. It doesn't diminish your love for us. Whatever we learn today, you are still bigger. You are still in charge. Whatever we learn today, you can bring good from it and further your purposes. You are with us and for us. Whatever we learn today, I choose to trust you. I desire above all to see you glorified. I pray this in the name of my good shepherd, the risen King Jesus. That prayer was not easy to pray or to write, but it was incredibly freeing. It took the burden off of me and entrusted it to God. I wonder if you need to entrust some things to God as we step into a new year. If that's you, 
I want to encourage you to pray a prayer to entrust these things to God. A prayer like this, God, by your grace, I choose to entrust, fill in the blank, to your good care. Let me say it again. God, by your grace, I choose to entrust, fill in the blank, to your good care. At its core, following Jesus is about entrusting your life to God's good care. If you've never done that before, you can actually start and do it today. You can start walking into 2021 in the company of the Good Shepherd who died on a cross for your sins. Those truths I mentioned from Ephesians chapter 1 would become real for you when you surrender your life to God. If that's a stirring in your heart, you can pray a similar prayer to the one I just mentioned. Here's the prayer. God, because of your grace, I turn from my own ways and I surrender myself to your good care. Lead me, change me, and use me for your purposes and glory. Amen. As I bring this message to a close, I want to invite you again for the homework. We've taken some time and covered some big areas, but if you were to invest an hour reflecting on this year, I think it would be a rewarding hour to invest. You can download a free guide that would take you or you and your spouse or you and your family or small group or team through a reflection exercise. Your church has that available. You can also download it at sharpeningleaders.com. And as we stand at the gate of this new year, let me close with a story inspired by my grandparents. I used to love going to my grandparents' home. And uh, as a young boy, I was always taken by this picture that was hung in their living room. It was an embroidered poem of all things. And uh, it was a poem called God Knows by Minnie Haskins. I later discovered as I grew up and kind of did some research on this poem that had caught my eye as a young boy, that a young Princess Elizabeth, so Queen Elizabeth, before she was queen, a young Princess Elizabeth in her teens discovered this poem back in 1939. And the story goes that she gave it to her father, King George. And as King George was preparing his Christmas address to the Commonwealth, to all his people, he decided to include a passage from this poem in his remarks because he knew as his people faced World War II in 1939, that they needed encouragement desperately. So I want to leave you with the words that King George shared from the poem. Here they are. The poem reads, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread so safely into the unknown. And the man replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better than light and safer than a known way. As you enter the unknown of 2021, you can put your hand into the hand of God. It's better than light and safer than any other known way. King George finished his message with these words, and I'll finish this message with the words he used. May that almighty hand guide and uphold us all. Blessings for 2021. Amen.